Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. Good morning, everybody. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time we have together this morning. I thank you for the opportunity once again to come and worship and praise your name and give honor and glory to you and all the things that you've done for us and all the things that you will continue to do for us. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the things that come with it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <coughs> COVID cough. Coffee got me. Four cups of coffee that either the Holy Spirit's going to get me or the caffeine is one. So y'all get ready. <laughs> or both. You're all in trouble. It's been, it's been a great weekend so far, hasn't it? Yesterday we had a great turnout at the Fallen Brother Ride. I really appreciate all I'm going to have a heart attack right here in this room. <laughs> Good morning. Well, bring her own. There's a lot of dogs that need churching. Some of y'all will get that after a while. <laughs> It's good to have y'all back again. Good to see everybody. Like I said, yesterday, Fallen Brother Ride was a tremendous turnout. We had a great time. Lots of food, lots of heat, lots of ant bites. But other than that, it was a great day. You know, it's been a been a blessing. I'm killing time because Barbara ain't here this morning, as y'all can see. Don's taking her place today, and he don't know what the announcements are, so... <laughs> She didn't leave you a cheat sheet? Well, she left me one, so. Yeah. I'm supposed to remind y'all that the calendar is out on the desk. If you have not received a calendar and you haven't gotten it in your email or your whatever she sends it in, let her know and she'll get with you and find out what's going on with your phone numbers. If not, go out there with your little trusty telephones and take a picture of that little plaque that's out there. It tells you everything you need to know about what's going on here, okay? Y'all got that? Okay. The other announcements is, that's it. Okay, men's breakfast next week. Again, it's on the calendar. Take a picture of the calendar. Because if I tell you something is wrong, what are y'all going to do? JR said. And I don't want to be the JR that said, okay? So go read it. You know, a lot of days I walk in here, and I think I know what I'm going to preach on. You know, I think about it all morning, and I get, get these verses running through my head, and I think, yeah, I got that. I know what I'm going to do. This morning I got in the parking lot. I had nothing. Nothing was going on. Nothing was happening. I sat out there for a little bit, finished my coffee, came in here, and God slapped me. The minute I walked in the building, he just slapped me hard. Yeah, so y'all going to get slapped this morning. You ready? Because, you know, got what? You got closed-in shoes? Well, you may need it because toes will get stepped on, I'm sure. But, you know, sometimes we look at things going on around us and we say, how much more can we take? What else can happen? What else can go wrong? 
Don't ask yourself that question because you will get showed what all can go on. But this morning, we're going to go through this pretty quickly here in a minute. As soon as we get the offering taken up, Don's going to play a couple more songs. <laughs> Don's going to play a couple more songs. Mike and, Mike and Mark are going to take up the offering. We're going to do our thing like we're supposed to. And we're going to have a good day in the house of the Lord this morning. Everybody say amen. amen. You going to have fun today? You going to enjoy it? Okay. We'll see you in a few minutes. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time we have to come together in your house. I thank you for the many people that are here. I thank you for the people that are watching on the television, listening on the radio, participating in any way that they can. Father, I just lift you up this morning. I want you to get all the honor and all the glory. And most of all, I want you to get the praise. I want to rejoice in the name of the Lord this morning. So as we pass the offering plate this morning, Father, let it touch their hearts. Let them do what they need to do. Convict them, whatever you need to do. We've got to pay the bills. So that's the way it is. I thank you, God, for all your work. In Jesus' name, amen. God, have a seat. Good morning. Good morning again, everybody. You know, like I was telling Don over there a while ago, sometimes when you walk into a place or you walk into an area, you just don't ever know what God's going to do. You don't ever, I never know when I walk in this building on Sunday morning. I know y'all tired of hearing this. When I walk in here on Sunday morning, I think I've got it worked out, and I think I know what I'm going to be talking about, and I think I've got a plan. And then God flips the switch. Well, this morning, the switch got flipped. So y'all just going to have to bear with me a little bit here, and we're going to get into it, and we're going to talk about some stuff this morning. In Matthew chapter 12, that's where we're going, I think. Yeah, Matthew 12. Go to Matthew 12, and the title of my little thing here, that my little subject matter thing, tells me that this subject is Jesus and his true family. How many of y'all know Jesus has a family? How many of y'all know that Jesus has got a family? Now, we'll see here in a minute. We'll figure this out, won't we? set the stage a little bit here in Matthew he's talking about all the things that Jesus did he's talking about the the miracles that he performed the work that he did and how he lived his his life on earth Matthew's kind of given a testimony of what he actually saw so go to verse 46 I know that's a long ways from one but go to 46 tell me when you get there say amen as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers were outside wanting to talk to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are outside and they want to speak to you. That doesn't sound like a very wild request, does it? Sometimes people want to talk to you. But Jesus asked, who is my mother and who is my brother's? Now, why would, would you ask that? If your mama and brothers and sisters were outside wanting to talk to you, would you ask the question, who is my mothers and brothers? Well, maybe you should. Maybe you should have to ask that question. Jesus, then 
he pointed to his disciples and said, These are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. That's an important statement, isn't it? Why is that such an important statement? Come on, think. Why is that important? Why would Jesus say, whoever does my will is my brother, my sister, and my mother? Good question, right? The reason for it is simple. It's so simple, it sounds complicated. If you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you truly give your life to Him, you become part of His family. You are His family. Now, we all have mothers and fathers. My mother's passed away a long time ago. My dad's over there in a nursing home, don't even know who he is half the time, and definitely don't know who I am. But he's still my father. But who is my daddy? Who is my real father? Christ is my real father. God is my real father. You know, we all look at where we came from. There was a thing on Facebook the other day. said, how far are you away from where you were actually born? How far away are you from where you were actually created? Huh? Not really. Not far at all. Myra's getting it, aren't you, Myra? Myra's already got it. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you believe in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, He is your mother, your father, your brother, your sisters. And where is He? Where is He? I'm going to ask that question again, and I'm going to keep asking it until you get it right. Where is He? He's in your heart. He's inside of you. So where is Jesus? In you. How far away are you from Him? You're not far at all. There's no difference from between Him and you. There's no distance between your heart and your Jesus if you're a follower of Christ. Because He lives inside of you. How far can you get away from yourself? You can contaminate your body with alcohol, drugs, all kinds of stuff, but can you really get away from yourself? Can you get away from your problems? Can you get away from your hurt? Can you get away from your feelings? You cannot get away from yourself no matter what happens. How bad it hurts, how bad you feel. When I was in COVID up there in the hospital, how far was I away from me? I was right there, wasn't I? You understand where I'm going here? You see, if you're a true follower of Jesus and you have Jesus in your life and He's in your heart, you cannot get away from Him. Oh, but it's dark outside. I'm in my room and the door's shut and the windows are closed and the lights are off. I can say and do whatever I want to because there's nobody here to see me. Let me know how that works out for you, okay? Because God is still there. Christ is still there, and He still sees what you're doing. I used to ask this question all the time. I'd say, would you be doing what you're doing right now if Jesus walked in the room? 
Would you be ashamed of what you're doing right now? At time, thank you, Michael, for being honest. Right now, if he walked into the room and you're doing what you do in your own place, in your own darkness, in your own quarters, if he walked in on you, would you feel bad about it? Would you change what you were doing? Would you change what you're doing? Okay. This is a loaded question, y'all. This is a very loaded question. You ready for the answer? Too late. He's already there. He was already there. He was there in the middle of it. You drug him into it. You took him right into your stuff. I'll say it that way. So how are you going to hide it from him? Can you hide anything from God? You can't hide your thoughts. You can't hide your actions. You can't hide anything from God if Christ is in you. That sounds good, don't it? Sounds really good, don't it? But do you know that you can't hide anything from God even if Christ ain't in you? Even if Christ is not in you, if you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're out there as a sinner doing what you do, He's still there. That's hard to swallow, ain't it? Think back on all the stuff you've done over your life and ask yourself, do you really want to do that in front of God? Then stop doing it because you're in front of Him everywhere you go. You see, the Bible tells me that He knew me before I was even conceived. Do y'all know how long ago that was? For some of us, that was a long time ago. Dale, Les, Don. I ain't going no further because some of y'all are meaner than me. JR. He knew us all before we were even conceived. He already knew what we were going to be, where we were going to go, and what we were going to do. That's kind of scary, isn't it? Now, let's roll up the time until we're sitting in a church or we're sitting in a car or we're sitting somewhere, we're hanging over a commode or we're doing whatever we're doing, and God comes into our life. And we feel the presence of Him in our life. Do we need to change anything? We need to change a lot of stuff, don't we? Is it because God is with us that we need to change? First off, if you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that we are to kill our old self, not our bodies. Don't say just because you accept Christ, you got to go commit suicide. No. But you do have to make, commit spiritual suicide. you got to kill that old flesh of yours. you got to kill that old ways. And once you kill something, what happens to it? What do we do with things that die? We bury it, burn it up, or throw it away, or whatever. We get rid of it, don't we? Would y'all go back and dig up somebody that passed away just to have them with you? Huh? Ooh. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. Every time 
you're in the presence of God and you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you go back and dig up what Uncle Johnny did to me when I was seven years old or what I went through when I was 14 years old with cocaine and alcohol and all that stuff, when I keep bringing all that stuff back up, I'm digging up that old bones, I'm digging up that old garbage, I'm digging all that stuff up. Makes no sense, does it? Why do I want to go back and dig up stuff that I gave up? Am I talking to somebody this morning? Am I getting in somebody's heart this morning? I hope so. Because we have a tendency as people to dig up our past, dig up our stuff, and want to carry it around with us. Have, how many of y'all, and I, don't, don't answer the question out loud, just think about it. How many of y'all have had past relationships that was terrible? How many of y'all have had bad experiences in life that made you go, oh? What did you do with it? What are you doing with it? Some people say I'm burying it. Some people say I push it back out of my way. Some people just don't say anything at all because you're still dealing with it. But let me tell you something that God, God is really burning this in me. And I, I don't know why this last couple of weeks has been about this subject so much other than the fact that God just keeps saying it ain't fixed yet. It ain't fixed. We keep digging up our past. We keep digging up our past stuff and bringing it into our present time. What good is it doing to bring your past into your present? What's going on in your present if you keep digging up your past? Your past is still your present. And can you move on or get better or heal from something? Now, I know all y'all don't never done this in your entire life. How many of y'all have had a sore on your arm or your hand and you, you, you let it get scabbed up and then you pick it off? How many of y'all, I mean, y'all are doing that, right? What happens when you keep doing that? It never gets well, does it? Because just about the time it gets well, you peel the scab off and it's back to bleeding and you got to start all over again, right? But what happens when you keep picking it off so many times? What happens to, the, to the, that, that little bitty cut that was about that big and you start picking it off all the time? It gets bigger and the scar is ridiculously bad, isn't it? Oh, it can get infected. It can hurt really bad. A lot worse than it did when you first cut it. But the thing about it, what I'm trying to illustrate here is your past stuff that you keep picking the scab off of gets bigger and bigger and deeper and more scars to the point that that's all you think about. You spend more time thinking about your boo-boos than you do your good things. Well, y'all are deathly quiet today. <laughs> y'all are y'all are y'all are really into this, aren't you? But let me tell you something, folks. Listen to me carefully. 
You keep digging up that past. You keep pulling that scab off that past. It becomes a permanent thing on your body, and it scars you deeply. Do scars go away? Sure they can if you use the right stuff on them, right? Use a little ointment here and there and put some vitamin E on it or something, whatever that stuff is. It can, dim, it can take the scar away, can't it? Your past scars, I'm fixing it deep here. Your past scars that you have, all those things that you keep irritating, keep looking at and regretting, put a little Jesus on it. No, don't put a little Jesus. Put a whole lot of Jesus on it. It'll heal and it'll get well and you won't even have a scar. Because your sin scars. Are you ready? Jesus' blood takes away not only the skin, the sin, but the scars of the sin. Oh, but J.R., I wasn't the one who did wrong. Doesn't matter. Okay, pick your feet up a little bit. Because as long as you keep bringing up that stuff and you keep living it and you don't forgive it and forgive the ones that did it to you, you're still living it. Jesus said to his people, if you don't forgive others, I can't forgive you. How many of y'all are living in turmoil still? How many of y'all keep living in your in your disgust and your you get brokenhearted and you get worn down and you're going to quit and you just don't want to keep going because you can't get past your past. So your past is your present until you bury the past. Does that make sense? If you don't bury your past, your past is your present. And if your present is your past, oh, we're going to go somewhere. Where's your future look like? It looks like your past, doesn't it? You got to get rid of that garbage in your life. You got to put that stuff where it belongs. And it starts not only with the person that did it to you, but you know where the main source of that past comes from? Inside of you. Because you won't let go. Oh, Jerry, you don't understand how bad that hurt me. You don't understand what I went through. You don't understand how it made me feel. You don't understand all the things I've done. You don't understand how bad I was. You don't under Let me tell you something, folks. God knows what you went through. And He loved you through it with His grace. He got you through it. And He gave you something that was so tremendous and so good for you and so aimed right at you. And if you don't accept it, whose fault is it? It's your fault. Oh, I'm not telling you that forgiving people is easy. Forgiving people that hurt you is hard to do. It's actually painful sometimes. But then I think about that. I'm going to give you something to think about. You ready? When they took Christ prisoner on that night and they took him to, the, to be judged and they couldn't find anything really wrong, but they had to do something to quieten the people down, so what did they do? They took Christ to the post. 
They tied him to a post, and they beat him relentlessly. How much do you think he suffered? How much pain do you think he was in? Now, he is the Son of God. He knows that he came to save you. He came to fix the world. And what did the world do to him? Beat him relentlessly. But what did he do with it? The day they nailed him to that cross, after they'd beaten him, publicly humiliated him, spat on him, took it, took it to a level that most of us would have started shooting people. Right? Most of us would have been dotting some eyes or kicking somebody in the... Yeah, well, anyway. What did Christ do? He got on the cross with his arms stretched out of socket, his feet nailed to the cross, bleeding tremendously through his body that was beaten unsavagely. And he looked up to his father, and he said, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. What kind of example is that for us? No matter what you've been through, no matter how badly you were treated, no matter what pain you went through, no matter what's going on, Jesus said, forgive them or I can't forgive you. Oh, I know there's people in this room, people that's watching me, and people that's hearing my voice say, I will never forgive that person for that or I will never forgive what happened. I'm going to reset it again. Y'all ready for reset? Here we go. If you do not forgive them, I cannot forgive you. Because the Scriptures tells me I have to go and forgive everybody that I've trespassed against. Y'all ready for this part? I have to forgive everybody that I've trespassed against. Sometimes it's easy to go say, hey, Tim, man, I know we had some bad times, and I forgive you for it. It's easy, isn't it? Sometimes. Sometimes it's hard. With Tim, it's hard all the time, but I love Tim. I pick on him all the time. But I can forgive like that. But then I go home, and I'm by myself, and I'm looking at me, and I'm still feeling the same way I felt. Why do I feel that way? Why do I feel that way? Because I forgave him, but I didn't forgive myself. I didn't forgive myself. Even though I didn't do it, I still need to forgive myself. I may not have been the guilty party, but I still need to forgive myself for the way I felt, the way it affected my life, the decisions it made me make. I have a lot of forgiving to do still. How do you forgive yourself, guys? It's simple. It doesn't take a band of angels to do it. It doesn't take the Holy Spirit falling on you, slapping you upside the head and making you do it. All it takes is for you to look in the mirror at that person looking back at you and say these simple words, I forgive you. I forgive you. And I will do my best 
to do better. You got to forgive yourself, guys. See, forgiving other people is not the answer to all of it. You got to forgive yourself. Why is JR preaching this today? Why do I keep preaching on this stuff of forgiveness? Because we had to forgive a lot of things that we didn't cause. I've got a lot of friends that are ex-military. They're going through PTSD so bad, it's not even funny. And a lot of the reasons they're going through it is because they saw some terrific stuff happen. Tragedies all around them. And they forgave that, but they haven't forgiven themselves yet. And as long as you don't forgive yourself from it, you're not going to get through it. You blame yourself for it, but there's no sense to it. What about abused people? I was abused as a child. I was this as a child. My uncle did things to me that was not right. My aunt did things to me that wasn't. I went through this. I did a We can go on and on and on about it, can't we? But I got to forgive that person. And then I got to forgive myself for feeling that way. And once I forgive them and I forgive me, what happens then? What happens then, guys? It's simple. Come on, think about it. I forgive them. I forgive myself. God forgives me. God forgives me. And then what have I got? I've got healing. There's not even a scar or scab there to pick no more because it's healed. Can I tell you something? Jesus, is, Jesus came to save. Y'all understand that? He came to save us. Who did he come to save us from? Ourselves. Mainly ourselves. Because it's easy to ask Christ in your life, isn't it? But it's harder to live Christ in your life. Sometimes the, oh, God, I need you in my life. I want you to forgive me of my sins. And I want to live for you the rest of my life. And that's as far as it goes. And it's sad. It hurts our hearts, don't it? Because we know, we know that if we forgive and we accept forgiveness and we do what Christ asks us to do, He comes into our lives and things change. And when things change in our lives, what happens? We can change other people's lives. Oh, J.R., I go around telling people about Jesus all the time. Lip service is great. Whew. Lip service is great. But what do they see in your life? They see you depressed. They see you down. They see you hurt. They see you walking around with anger in you. They see you walking around with doubt in your life. They see you going from tragedy to tragedy. And what they need to be seeing is you going from glory to glory. And how do we get from glory to glory? You got to take the steps. 
AA has 12 steps. Jesus has one step. Accept me, forgive, and love me with all your heart. There's a scripture that I quote a lot since this COVID stuff started and the government got twisted upside down in the election and all that. There's a lot of stuff going on, right? And what is the, the one scripture that I use a lot? If my people who are called by my name will turn from their evil, wicked ways and pray to me, I will hear them in heaven and I will heal their land. Can I tell you that sometimes the land is not what you're walking on? Sometimes the land is what your heart's in. Turn from your evil, wicked ways and pray. And I will hear your prayers and I will heal your heart. I will heal your body. I will heal your family. I will heal your finances. I will heal your doubts. I will heal your fears. I will heal your, heal your loneliness. I will heal. He will heal it all. When he just classifies it and says, I will heal your land. But he's talking about everything. You see, Christ is the only one that can heal us. I'll say that again. Christ is the only one that can heal us. I can have faith in the Holy Spirit. I can have faith in God. I can have all that. But until I trust Jesus to heal my body, it's not going to get healed. It's through Christ that our healing comes. Y'all hear me? Now, y'all get politically correct mad at me if you want to. I don't care. Because I read the Scripture, and what the Scripture says is that Christ is the healer of my body. Christ is the healer of my heart. Christ is the healer of my mind. Christ is the healer. So when I need healing, who do I call on? I call on Christ. And do I call on somebody that I don't know? If I call on somebody I don't know, pick up your phone, dial any phone number you can come up with, and when that person gets on the phone, tell them what your problem is. Just pick up that phone and say, hey, man, I'm down today. I don't have any money. I'm, I'm blah, 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 whatever it is. That person has never met you. They don't even know your name, and they don't know your voice. They don't know anything about you. What do you think they're going to do? Click. So when you call on Christ and He don't know your name and He don't know who you are, you get mad because He ain't answering your prayers. Because you don't know who He is. Oh, am I preaching something solid? I'm preaching some truth this morning, ain't I? And here's the good part. You may know who He is and you may know what His rules say. You may even do what he tells us to do. There's another scripture that I have rolling in my head. Y'all ready? Many will stand before me on the day of judgment, confess that I healed the lame, prayed for the blind, helped the orphanage, did everything you told me to do in your book. And Jesus is going to look at them and say, depart from me, for I know you not. Your works without faith it's about as useless. Never mind. That analogy don't work in church. I'm sorry. That it's useless. Works through God without Christ in your life is useless. I read the Bible from cover to cover, 
but I never accepted Christ. What have I accomplished? I read a big, long book with a lot of cool stories in it. It did nothing for my salvation. It did nothing for my everlasting life. It did nothing for me. When I kneel down and I say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I need your help. I need your forgiveness. I need you to come into my life and make me right with you. I've done something. Because I admitted I was a sinner and I admitted I needed his guidance. And what's he going to do in that case? He's going to reach down his hand, put it around me, and say, Welcome home, son. You're now my brother. And I got to live that from now on. I got to live for Christ. I got to do what Jesus said to do. First thing Jesus said to do is forgive yourself of your sins. He forgave you, you got to forgive yourself. He forgave you your trespasses, you got to forgive yourself of them. He forgave you of your hurts and your pains, you got to forgive yourself of those. I don't know how many people this touched today. I don't know if it helped anybody or not. All I can do is what God calls me to do. I'm not a miracle worker, guys. I'm not charismatic. I'm not the great healer of the land. But I know the healer. And I know that he tells us what to do and how to do it. Now, is it always convenient to do what he tells us? Is it always easy? But it is a must. We have to turn our lives over to him. We got to bury that old flesh. I can't do the things I used to do. I can't live the way I used to live. I can't even talk the way I used to talk. I can't think in the same realms I used to think. I have to turn my life over to Christ and live for Him. And if I have to do it, guess what? Y'all got to do it. So I'm challenging you today. I'm challenging you today to take this scripture and apply it to your life. Put some earnest work into it. Turn from your evil, wicked ways and pray. Is that hard to do? You bet it is. Because we have to lose control, don't we? we got to give up control of our life and turn it over to Him. Oh, some of us in this room are control freaks. Be honest with yourself. You want to control everything. I want it done my way or the highway. Jesus is life. You do it His way or it's the hell way. The scripture I had today was talking about hell and what hell really was and what the difference between heaven and hell is. Do y'all know the difference between heaven and hell? About 12 inches. 
Y'all hear me? It's about 12 inches. You got to get it in here and let it change this. You get it in here, it'll never change this. It's got to come from the heart. If you're sitting in this room today or in the sound of my voice anywhere, watching television at 2 o'clock in the morning, I don't care. If you're on the internet watching stream television or whatever you're watching, and this message is hitting you in the heart hard, maybe you need to consider, where is my life at? Have I really given myself to Christ? Am I willing to stand up and say, my past is gone? I want my present to be in the presence of Christ where my future can be in heaven. That's the question, right? Are you willing today to stand up and say, I need Jesus? Oh, JR, I got baptized when I was six. I got baptized when I was 22. I got baptized two weeks ago. Baptism will not get you to heaven, guys. What gets me to heaven is my faith in Christ. My belief that He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. That He is my Redeemer, He is my Savior, and He is what makes me righteous. Without Him, I have no righteousness. If you're living today without Jesus, you have no righteousness. So where are you in your walk? I can put these glasses on and read words in this book. But I can't put these glasses on and see your heart. I can't tell how deep your salvation goes. Is it up here? Or is it in here? If it's not in here, you need to get it there today. Got me? You feel what I'm saying? Do you hear what the words are going through my mouth? Like, who was it that said that? Can you read the words that's coming out of my mouth? It was a Jackie Chan movie, and I think it was the guy that he was, Chris Rock or somebody. Can you hear the words that's coming out of my mouth? It's scary that you know that. <laughs> that's even scarier that you know which one it is. But how many of y'all know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Raise your hand. How many of y'all truly believe it that He's your Lord and Savior? Raise your other hand. How many of y'all want to go to heaven? Raise your feet. Let's go to heaven. Y'all are like monkeys. Y'all will do whatever I tell you to, won't you? Now, put your left foot in. <laughs> Guys, we can play. We can have fun in church, can't we? You see, God didn't say come in here and be a bunch of stuffed shirts, did He? He said come in here and do something absolutely remarkable. Rejoice and be glad in it. Are you glad you're here? Say amen. All right, Don, take us out of here with some music. If you are in this house today and you don't have Jesus in your life, you don't have him in your life, listen to me. If he is not radiating out of a pore of your body, out of your eyes, your mouth, everything about you, if Christ is not pouring out of you, you need to get poured into by Jesus this morning. Whether you're saved or not saved, I don't care, guys. I don't care if you've been sitting in this room for 12 months and you never accepted Christ until today. I don't care if you've been with Jesus for 15 years 
and you feel something going on in your life today that you need to ask Jesus fill me up again whatever it takes put that past in the past live in your present where your future is bright and shining in heaven bow your heads and close your eyes let the Holy Spirit deal with you saying you need to go to the altar and pray. Get up, come on. Get up, come on. God's saying I need you to come and talk to me about what's going on in your life. Get up and go. Anybody else that needs to hear a word from God this morning? It's been a long day. Been a long weekend. Been a long life. You've been toting around stuff that you don't need to tote. You've been carrying around hurts and pains and anguish and things that have been kneeling and gnawing at your bones. Right now, it's time to give it up. Give it over to Christ and let Him heal it. Let the Holy Spirit do His job in your life. Jesus told the disciples, go into the upper room and stay there and pray until the Holy Spirit comes. Can I tell you, you need to do that today? If you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life right now, you don't feel His presence in your life, get up at those altars and pray in Pray till you feel him. We've got plenty of time, guys. It's not a big rush. I don't know how many minutes I got on the radio or how many minutes I got on the TV screen, but it don't matter. You got something going on in your life and you need somebody. You got pain in your body. Physical pain. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior and you have Him in your heart and you believe with faith that you can be healed, I'll tell you something, you can be healed right now. And all you got to do is submit yourself to believe in it. You see, I can believe it all day long. I can have faith that Jesus can heal you. But if you don't have the faith to do it, I can't help you. You got to trust Jesus. And you got to say in these words, Father God, I come to you right now. I ask healing in my body from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. The pains from my past life, injuries from my past life are being healed right now. In the name of my Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I call on the divine power of Jesus Christ for healing. Let Jesus touch you right now. Receive it in 
If you really believe that in your heart, it'll happen. Don't believe it? Look around this room. There's many of us in here that believe Jesus could heal us. And we're healed. I'm telling you right now, I am healed. I may be sick tomorrow, but I'm healed today. But that's okay too. Because whatever happens in our lives is there for a reason. It may not be about me even. It may be about you. You may need to see Jesus work again. Hmm. You didn't think about that, did you? It may be somebody else in your life that needs to see God. And you're the only Bible there is. You're the only Word of God that they hear. If anybody got a blessing today, say amen. Anybody want to sing and praise God this morning? Say amen. Anybody want to go eat lunch? Say amen. Three out of three ain't bad, guys. How many of y'all think I'm going to let you go that quick? Tony, you pray us out. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.